0: hello and welcome to the blind shots podcast i'm your host david hill coming to you from the 13th tee at abandoned preserve putter in hand and this is season five episode four this is the opening salvo of this season's americans in oregon series wherein fred matt and i recount our trip to the Oregon coast this past summer to play all six Bandon Dunes courses for the first time. Predictably, it was an amazing experience, though as you'll hear today, the best stories come from when things go wrong, even at places like Bandon Dunes. Most of our happy band of eight golfers wanted to start planning when we could take a return visit to Bandon midway through the actual trip, which may have been the least surprising thing to happen on the whole adventure. In today's first installment, uh, instead of diving right into the architecture or memorable holes of one of the big, famous abandoned courses, we discuss Bandon Preserve, the 13th—that's the 13-hole short course atop the dunes next to Bandon Trails, uh, the Punch Bowl, which is the gigantic 36-hole putting course uh, next to Pacific Dunes, and we weave the conversation together, discussing the overall vibe of the resort, the accommodations, the cuisine options. Try to give you a sense and a taste of what a trip to the resort is like. Uh, Before we dive in, a reminder that the Blind Shots podcast is made possible without commercial interruption or the influence of narcotics by my day job as David Hill Realtor with Rector Hayden Realtors. I help people sell their houses and find their new homes, as well as helping investors and businesses with their commercial property needs here in central Kentucky. It's always a great time to be a homeowner. And if you want to know what's happening in our market please reach out you can email me at davidhill at rh.com and i'll be happy to start a conversation with you for the record i did in fact putt from the 13th tee at Bend preserve and came up about six inches short of an ace a trick quickly copied poorly by everyone in the group and with that let's head over to the southern oregon coast to talk about one of the magical places in golf with my friends fred and matt Matt, you had been on the West Coast for a few days before uh, arriving at Bandon, and you had a, a chance to take in Bandon Crossing. Uh, so you may have been maybe a little more numb to it, or maybe even more aware of just the difference in topography, you know, flora, I mean, just kind of the way things look. But we started our trip, you know, the, the drive-in, and we got pretty quickly to the punch bowl to try to salvage those last little bits of light. Now, we have played... This will do at Pinehurst. We have done the sandbox at Sand Valley. Um, we have done the the putting green at Sweetens Cove, which is pretty iconic. Um, Fred has putted off the practice green at Sewanee, which is very cool. Not
1: um, about that, thanks, Dave.
0: <laughs> yeah, <I> want <laughs> make sure about that. <laughs> Get get that in there every chance I get. Um, <laughs> so I thought the punch bowl had. You know, some familiar elements. Uh, this is, of course, the putting course there. It's free for all resort guests. Um, it's got a little concession truck, taco truck style bar that's out there. I mean, kind of a la the pine cone at, at Pinehurst, but kind of a low rent pine cone, so to speak. Um, I enjoyed it. It has two courses, 36 cups cut. So uh, some of them from all the way from maybe like a 20 foot straightforward putt to some pretty crazy, um, landform shapes in the green so the you know turn on the circus music and i just wanted to get your guys thoughts and fred i'll i'll start with you because you're closer to the ground you're a putting guy uh kind of impressions of punch bowl and where it might rank or where it might compare what you liked what you didn't like with some of our other putting course experiences and you can start um, at the bar
1: Let's <laughs> start at the bar yeah. yeah uh the bar was um the bar so the other putting courses we have, the only one that has like the part the bar is the pine cone that you talked about. That's relatively close to, uh, there at, at um, is it thistle do, thistle
0: yes, which now, is now a Pinehurst, per, yeah, which is now a permanent structure. You know they built that yeah that, that permanent bar. They took the trailer somewhere else. It's out wow. on property.
1: That's um, that's by far my favorite. Um, I would say that the punch bowl probably. I would almost probably think that I like uh, the the green at um, Sweeten Cove probably a little better. Um, I enjoyed it, uh, and maybe it was just you know we were kind of rushed, maybe getting there. But the first night was probably the best night that we got there. We got to put around and have some fun. Um, you know, I felt the music
0: like, was on. The bar was open. Yeah,
1: the music was extremely loud. Um, it was uncomfortable. Uh, I, I liked it, but I didn't, I didn't love it. Right. And then the second night we went, I thought it was going to be better. And then we had the, that one group that was just belligerent drunk, um, that was screaming and yelling. And that kind of, I kind of, you know, harshed my,
0: my, my chi a little bit. Um, we've we've run into that fun. at Pinehurst too, but it was, there was usually it was much more crowded. Yeah, it was different though,
1: right? Like everybody was happy, right? You know, yeah. when we were at Pinehurst, everybody was like, "I got drunk," you know. <laughs> that's funny, you know. And he's over there trying to putt, and everybody's laughing at him. But this was like a, this was like a, an angry drunk laugh, you know. This was like, you know, screaming and, and calling your mom bad names and stuff. That was, that was just like, that was harsh harsher my mellow. Um, but no, I mean, great setting. I mean, it. It would be it'd be really great, you know, to go there, have dinner and then, you know, like we did, you know, sit out there and look at everything. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it, to be
0: honest. Now, Matt, I'm gonna ask you to sit up and get closer to your microphone. I can already see where this is going. Uh, because you do have (laughs) thoughts and I want you to share them. I do. I do, in fact.
2: Um, I would say from a purely like technical standpoint, the holes on the green. Um I liked it a lot. I thought that you know it was similar to Thistle Dew um, in that setup. I thought part of, so there are a couple of holes at do where it's it's a little too carnival-y, where you hit it and you just there's no chance to do anything. Everybody's gonna be 40 feet away and you know. It's a little clownish. It's not I, that doesn't happen very much. I love thistle, dude. Don't get me wrong. Um and, I didn't think there
0: was. i Say, and for listeners, what he's talking about is that there are holes that thistle do, and there there's a couple at the punch bowl we found that you could put it in, in on any of 180 degrees, and your ball was still going to end up in the exact same place. Yep.
2: Yeah. and. But I, I just got a, I didn't get as much of that feeling there. Now in fairness that first night um, you know I had been uh, uh, waiting for you boys to arrive and there was a 12 pack of beer and some of it was still there when you got there and so you know my putts that night were probably a little a little more wayward than the second day but uh, no from a purely technical standpoint, I thought it was it was a really good kind of mix of you know relatively straightforward like you said and incredibly almost comically challenging but i thought that it didn't go quite as far as this will do goes with with some of the the comical aspects um which i thought was actually good it kind of it gave you a chance to get it relatively close on almost every hole if you hit the right shot now you might not know what that is but um So from a technical standpoint, I really liked it. I thought it was very well designed, but I'm going to, I'm going to kind of double down on, on Fred's atmosphere, uh, comment. Dew is set up right next to Pinehurst resort. It is the central hub, lots of courses, you know, the multiple courses come in and out of there. It's the main clubhouse. Um, so it is like you said, usually packed or at least very hot. It's hopping, right? Um, because the um, punch bowl is set up out at Pacific Dunes, it's not a central hub area. It's not up by the main lodge. Um, I was shocked that it was. I mean, the weekday it was borderline empty. That's right. part of what made the belligerent drunk group more belligerent is that it was us and them and nobody else. And so, you know, I think if if there was a little bit more uh, foot traffic out there, I think that would have offset a little bit of. How obnoxious they were, because there would have been just somebody else talking in between us.
0: You know, that's um, a, that's a really good point, good point. because you think this will do is right there, right at the edge of the cradle, and where two and four finish at Pinehurst, and even number one a little bit, at Sand Valley, the sandbox, there's an entire lodging infrastructure built just to basically be the amphitheater around a couple of those greens on the sandbox. You know, you've got their, their food truck taco set up, and then you've got all that kind of single shot, two story lodging. That is, it doesn't have a view of mammoth dunes or sand Valley. It's got a view of the sandbox and it's meant to cater to those. So you've got the happy go lucky guys at the ending the day, you know, doubling down on their bets, settling their scores, all of that. The, the punch bowl, because Pacific dunes doesn't have any lodging on it, at least not yet. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, but I hadn't really thought about that, but it is in the middle of nothing. Um, you finish your round, you might finish dinner. Um, sure, they do, you know, you can get the shuttle over there, but it gets dark pretty fast over there because there's it no, passed. there's no lights.
2: Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, at least at do you get the ambient light off. Trust me, we've been, we've been out there well past when sane people would be out there and there's no lights, but there was still enough ambient light to, to make it work. Um, there was not at the punch bowl. Um, and so, like I said, from, you know, from a technical standpoint, I really liked it. Um, from an atmosphere standpoint, it look, you can still have fun out there, right? We, you know, our group could go out and, and have fun, you know, putting on a side street in a cul-de-sac somewhere, but
0: like, it just, the atmosphere is a tick below, um,
2: both the sandbox
0: and this. If you put it down below the balcony at McKee's pub, it'd be the most popular place in that resort. You could, you would have to tell people to leave so people could get some sleep.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
0: I agree
1: Uh, with that too. It's a good point, Matt. It's a really good point
0: on kind of your, as you put the technical aspects of it, what I, what I really enjoyed about it was there was a nice mix of holes that you felt the green contours. There are enough that you looked at that you thought you should make it. Like there are enough putts that you thought you had a chance to make, and a mix of, kind of the carnival aim away from the hole, you know, play the slope, play the elevation change, kind of, you know, and plenty of hit and hope, too. Um, where if you're in the, you know, we were there at dusk each night. If we'd been in the middle of the day, maybe we'd seen it different and scored better. But that's not what it's meant to be. So, um, yeah, it, it's, but yeah, I still, it's comparable to Thistle do I think the scale of it kind of sets it apart from Sweeten's Cove. Although with it being relatively empty, um, we had a member of our group uh, attempt. I, I measured it. I used my GPS app, 103 yard putt, and he stuck it to about three inches. So you can't do that there at, at, at thistle do or at Sweetens because people are going to be, we well, might at Sweetens at dusk uh, and they've got some, some lights, uh, some patio lights there every once in a while, but, um, you know, that was cool to be able to kind of throw it against these big swales and things, because there is a lot of vertical movement in just the space of this, I don't know, 10, 15,000 square foot putting green complex, but um, a nice amenity. Yeah. If you could pick it up and set it someplace else, you know, when they, when they do the new steakhouse or, or new restaurant over at, at old Mac, old McDonald, uh, something like that would sell. But, you know, with it being attached literally below kind of the fanciest restaurant on property. Like, I don't know that those two things kind of go together. The steakhouse is supposed to be, you know, that's one we kind of had to forego, but um, yeah, that's interesting. It was a good course. Yeah. With it not being music or drinks or snacks or something. Okay. That takes a little bit from it for me. Um, Next, just want to kind of, Vibe check on the kind of expectations versus reality of the accommodations. We stayed in the inn, which is right across a little gorge, a little valley from the main clubhouse. We had a, a wonderful – everyone – did you have a view, Fred? Because what, what the way it happened, we had, I guess, five rooms, and three of us had backdoor access to a really nice patio, um, had visits from some wildlife, uh, some raccoons came and saw some deer – um slept with our doors open just the screen doors pulled um and then but it's like the whole the way i can describe it was the the entire inn was very nice it's newish um pretty spectacular except for like the 60 square feet of fred's room it's like he got he got the one lemon in the group you and scott had i mean you, you literally you're you, you couldn't get a screen door they tried to put one on and it broke so like every yeah. it was exquisite my experience was great my room was kind of the clubhouse for a while it's where we had the gambling sheets and and kind of ran all of our illegal operations out of and uh the two rooms next to us pretty nice and john mark had a a, a single shot room up right up above us so we had that wing of the the inn locked down but we had our, our two of our friends just how was your inexperience Fred?
1: Uh, the uh, staff w- was amazing. The ladies at the front desk they were they were absolutely amazing. Um, the gentleman uh, from maintenance that came in he was he was really good dude. But uh, so uh, let me start from the beginning. So I walk into the room and I'm like, whoa, man, it's warm in here. Um, First thing, you know, I think of when I go to a hotel room, I'm looking for the air conditioner and I'm jacking that thing down. Um, yeah, you know, all I found was a was a heater.
0: Nowhere a in the literature did they tell us that there are, you know, we're from I'm from the mid south. You guys right there in the heart of the Midwest, but the lower Midwest, admittedly, being in the Columbus, Ohio area. I never was told that there's no air conditioning like it didn't. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't occur to them to. Included because of how far north they are in Oregon, I guess, and being on the coast, the windy, breezy coast. Um.
1: So yeah. So then I'm like, man. Hmm. There, there was a ceiling fan, but it was, it was, um, it was very slow. It was, you know, just not not putting out a lot of uh, force. So like then, did, did you, know, you want to
0: reach up and hit it? Just, um, like...
1: it was it was so far up there that I couldn't. I could have got a putter up there maybe, but that's about it. Um, so then I decided I was like, oh, everybody's outside, so I opened up the the door, you know, the sliding door. Um, and I sat down in my little chair, and I watched some people. Like there was trees right in front of, like right across from our our door, uh, our little patio. Um, But off to the right or left a little bit, you could see the green, uh, the 18th green at Bandon Dunes. So then I saw all you guys down there and uh, walked down there and got to looking and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to go open the screen door, put the screen door across. I go down and I must have looked for that screen door for 15 minutes. And I mean, it's not like, you know, you're like, hmm, where could it be? Right. (laughs) It's only going to be in one spot. I looked everywhere. I couldn't find
2: it <laughs> I was like, behind, the, behind the end tables. and I
1: was like, look, and I moved the curtains on both sides. I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is this thing, man? So, uh, so then I finally called Scott back and I said, Scott, I need you to double check this for me. Can you find a screen door? He's like, <laughs> screen door? He couldn't find it either. So I'm like, fuck, there isn't one. That's it. <laughs> so I went down and I asked the lady at the front desk. I was like, um i didn't see an air conditioner in our room um is there no air conditioner she's like oh no she's you can you can just um use your your screen door open the door like i couldn't find that either and she looked at me like i was an idiot right she's like it's on the door i'm like no it's not (laughs) so we went into like the little little library there the little bar area and she came up a little bit later and she's like, Hey, I, I, I checked and uh, yeah, you don't have a screen door. <laughs>
0: that had to make you feel better. Thanks, Thanks a
1: lot. <laughs> At that point. No, it really didn't Dave. At that point. I'm like, it's hot in there and I'm pissed. <laughs> so she comes back and she gives us like, you see those like little tower fans that are like, you know, about that big around, you know, and a they college on the college on Yeah. So I got, we had one of those. And then the maintenance guy was supposed to come um and put in a screen door so i guess they found a screen door somewhere not sure where um and they brought it over and unfortunately it broke as he was trying to install it uh so he met me outside of the little library bar area there and said hey i broke your door and i first thing i wanted to ask was the first one or the one you brought to fix it (sighs) so we didn't have we didn't have a screen door so we kept the door shut and we had the um and we had the fan on. So yeah, it was good. But I, lucky for me, I was so sore, you know, from playing and walking all that time. I had like three ice bags on me. So I was pretty cold anyway. So it didn't work.
0: Really well, mm-hmm. if it makes you feel any better, when the sprinklers came on, on the on the eighteenth green abandoned Dunes or or on the back patio, that, that little area with the with the Adirondack chairs, um, that, that woke me up. Because I had a screen door and it was sure. it was open. Yeah, that back patio. What was it about?
2: About four in the morning, I think yes. three three forty five, yeah. four in the morning when those kicked on.
0: About about yeah. four a.m. Pacific. Yeah, yeah. You know, normally
1: your two's uh, discomfort, um, you know, warms me up inside, but that really doesn't.
0: No. It was, the lodging was very nice. The beds were, were nice. It was, you know, yeah. it, it was everything you would expect from a dream golf resort. It, it mirrored sand Valley in that way. And that, you know, high end fixtures in the the bathroom and the shower. Um, But yeah, that was that little bit of unfortunateness is just part of the story of. of yeah.
1: I'm making it, you know, I'm adding a little bit of, you know, Fred's flair to this to, you know. Bring a little life to you too, but, um, it wasn't nearly as bad. And I would love to say again, that the, that the folks there at the end, the they were absolutely 100% awesome.
0: They learned our I names. Mean, they helped us if yep. they could.
1: Yep. Um, they, she did everything she could have done for us, you know? I mean, Hey, what's the odds of them breaking the door, putting it in? Right. I mean, I can't, I'm not mad at them for it. I mean, they did everything they could to make it up.
0: One hundred percent, apparently.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like they could run down to Ace Hardware and get another one.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: that's like a forty-five minute trip, I think.
0: Now, Matt, let me put the, get your spin on this. As far as the accommodations, I assume you're in line, you're relatively in line. You had some visitors, had some nature visitors, but um, one of the one of the nice touches was the. Um, one of the higher end sort of dorm or hotel fridges I've ever seen. And I I assume you had acclimated to the no plastic bottles phenomenon here. Here, Mm -hmm. we still love our plastics. We still love our petrol products Uh, there. There's (laughs) the bottled water comes in a a large aluminum can. And the fridge in my room, I don't know if it's the same, everybody else. It was set to 34 degrees. And I think that was high. So when I get it, So yeah. I, in the middle of the night, when the sprinklers came on, I was like, oh, I could use some water. I'll do some prehydration. And it would like burn. It would be like ice burn going down my esophagus. It was so cold. It would warm up by the time it got to my gut. But that was like, that was a different experience. I, I had not seen that. I don't know if that's just a West Coast thing or or what.
2: Well, there there is something incredibly nice because every single night, I forgot that they would come through during the day that I was gone. And add what if we took water out of the fridge, they would put more in there. And literally every day I forgot that. <laughs> and so every night it was a, a brand new experience of clay opening the fridge and being like, Oh, there's water in there. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, that sounds so good right now. It's you know, like you said, 34 degrees. It is all you know, it's almost slushy. It's not quite. Um, but yes, due due to the I don't know my own exhaustion level or something. Yeah, it was it was you know a brand new experience for me every single day. But yes, they uh, they they would come through and restock the fridge, and it was uh, it was quite delightful.
0: I had a Keurig in my room, which was really nice, so I could have coffee, I could have decaf, I could have tea. Bread again that <laughs> that sixty to seventy square feet that the Kaisers forgot to make dreamy at the Dream. I Golf forgot. Resort. Yeah,
1: I forgot to mention that our. Refrigerator leaked all over the floor. Um, there was like a, a eight foot circle, probably around it that went out underneath of Chad's bed or Scott's bed. That when you when I woke up in the middle of the night and oh by the way tripped over the fan that was sitting in the middle of the floor. I landed on the floor and went squish because it was.
0: That's Full so water. bad. That's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear that right now in yeah. my. Oh, that is so bad. <laughs> did did your shower work? Did the toilet flood? Did you have to hold the handle down? or Anything like? <sighs> did the, did the troubles extend to the bathroom or was it confined to the the?
2: There was something else. What was the other thing? I swear to you God, did, God they
0: didn't a- have a coffee maker. Right.
2: That's now, right. We didn't have a
0: coffee maker. <laughs>
1: um. Oh. <laughs> all- <laughs> Uh, the, the damn uh, plug didn't work because I tried to plug in the fan when we got it and I couldn't finish. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I went they, and flipped every damn light switch in there to see if it came on, but that plug was oh, The combination
0: worked. of switches was awful. There's no telling what was going to happen. They had to think you were the highest individual liar. Like, this dude can't even find a screen door. And now he can't plug in if he doesn't know how to plug a fan in. Yeah, I, I was not going to go
1: back to the front desk and tell them that the fan wasn't working there is no way i would have just as soon open the door and let the deer in there, there could have been a black bear in your
2: room and you wouldn't have gone to the front
0: desk you would have heard that squish <laughs> not now scott yeah. just let me sleep <laughs> oh, oh yeah.
1: well you know that's I got to mention that earlier sorry yeah
0: the, the levity of of the the housing situation i think It kind of matches the vibe there. You know, it was, and this just goes to the kind of larger vibe check of of the Bandon Dunes experience. You know, I knew going in that it was kind of in the middle of nowhere, but I didn't know how disconnected from everything it was. You know, they're out there on, I don't know how many acres and they've only developed a, a portion of it you're removed from town it's not like right across the intersection like you you can either go to main street if you turn right or go to band dunes if you turn left you're out there against on the bluffs against the the coast all by yourself but and everyone is there for the same reason you know you, you mentioned the one belligerent group but everybody else that we encountered if they weren't super friendly there there was at least kind of a An implicit understanding like, hey, we're here. We're all here for the same thing. I never felt really rushed. There was no, no on course controversy or anything. And we've been to other places where that exist because of golf. We've been to St. Andrews, which admittedly is a university town. So it has other things going on. But you know, you know that the it's there's a pretty good chance one out of two people you pass on the street is there for golf or is connected to the the golf somehow. I think the village of Pinehurst has a very similar vibe, or at least a, a similar kind of setup. Pinehurst skews so much older. I don't know, um, at least in the mornings, and you know in the afternoon, by the time the golf bros are out, kind of indistinguishable. We've been to Sand Valley, which is makes band and dune look metropolitan by comparison, by how far out it is into the sticks, literally into the pine sticks. Um, so Matt, I'd, I'd like your thoughts kind of on how that kind of vibe. It was, it was a happier place than I thought. I thought maybe I had an expectation that the weather would be harsher. And so everybody would kind of be grizzled. Um, that was not my experience. There was our caddies were help set a nice vibe tone. They were young. The people that were, driving the shuttle buses were happy were enthusiastic i thought the you know the wait staff and everyone kind of it's very there's a very disney element to it like they've been trained to be that way but i thought uh, you know people passed the vibe check and and people were there kind of common purpose and kind of tell me how you experienced that or or how that kind of played for you what you
2: what you said is is the very first thing i was going to talk about and the disney comparison is is the one that i was going to make also uh disney i've you know taken my kids there down to, to florida multiple times um it it is this veneer of of this wonderful fake reality and you know it's fake reality um where everything is clean and everyone is nice and whatever your problems are they'll take care of it Um. And this is the golf version of that beyond so far beyond anything else I've ever experienced. Now you've stayed at Pinehurst resort proper. I have not. So maybe that is, is comparable, but for me, I mean, don't get me wrong. The folks at sand Valley were, were lovely. And, you know, we've been treated very well, lots of places. Scotland has its own special kind of surly wonderfulness. Um, But this was, customer service done to a whole nother level. Um, Like you said, you get on any shuttle bus and I'm, I am hundred percent sure that they've had lots of people that are are super irritating to deal with, but you would not know it from talking to anybody that works there. Um, I'm sure they've got them trained, like you said, and they've done a fabulous job with it. Um, The vibe there from the time you walk in and I mean, I got there, I got there very early, right? You guys, I mean, you guys hadn't landed by too much in Portland by the time I got over to the inn, um, which is like four hours before I was supposed to check in. And they just, I mean, from the second I walked in, it was, you know, they were going out of their way to, to make everything as wonderful as they could for me. Um, so from that perspective, like Fred said, could not have been better. Um, the vibe of the whole place I agree I think I think we didn't quite get beaten down as much as I anticipated so yeah I think for whatever reason and you know the it might just be a a left coast thing right um it might just be that you know they're um you know just a, a little bit different vibe on that side of the country or something but yeah, everybody was, every, from the people participating to the staff, it was a pretty jovial atmosphere. And it's one of those things where I think when you're in a place that's just wonderful, it's hard to be a surly jerk. And, you know, I'm cranky. Fred can get cranky from time to time. Dave, you know, goes without saying. But it's it's hard to be cranky there. It really is. Um, because you're in a place that's just gorgeous and everybody's treating you wonderfully. And so I think when you, you know, when you compare put all those things in a hat, what comes out is just a really nice, mellow, cool, happy vibe.
0: I saw that that vibe hit you guys as soon as we sat down for dinner the first night. Like at upstairs at McKee's at that, you know, you could already tell. I don't know if it was just the the change in temperature or the fact that we had been planning it for 18 months and it was finally happened. I could see guys' shoulders just kind of melt and there were smiles. Once sitting on that back patio of our, our hotel, that library in, I mean, people were just like, whatever was happening back home could wait. We were it, we were in a place that just, we knew what we were there for is going to be fun. And it was relaxing. I, I saw people relax in ways I haven't seen in a long time. And, and I thought that was, and it hit as soon as we got there, as soon as we knew our clubs were there and we kind of got checked in. I saw that wash over our entire group for the most part, except for John Mark, because he does planes, trains, and automobiles, um, on his own schedule. But, but Fred, um, you're, you're our ambassador. Um, you know, the, so you, we send you to to meet the the town folk and the the fellow travelers. Um, What's kind of your take on environmental factors and tangibles there at Bandon dunes?
1: Um, I I mean we're just gonna keep saying it over and over. You know, I, I think if if folks listen to, you know, us talk about going to Scotland, you know, we said it a hundred times. You know, everybody was just super friendly, right? Um, and it was. It was that plus more like Matt said, you know, um, I, I forget who said it, but you know, they, they remembered our names. Um, you know, all eight of us are, well, I'm sorry. Um, uh, six of us got there all at the same time to check in. Um, uh, Matt, of course had already been there. John Mark was somewhere probably over DC at that point. Um, but, um, uh you know they remembered our names they asked us you know you know if we needed this if we needed that let them know and like i said i made multiple trips up there to to those those two at the front desk and you know every morning when i left they would be like hey mr may and i'm like that's ah, fred you know just call me fred and by cracky the next time i came through it was like hey mr fred i'm like ah, that's funny real funny um the, the folks on the, um, on the shuttles, I mean, they were, they were like almost comical, you know, they, they were, they were getting you kind of fired up, you know, when we were going to the practice range, right. Um, we went there before the, was it the first day? Uh, no, it was the second day. I think we went over there you guys hit a couple balls and, uh, got breakfast or whatever, but that lady was, you know, she was all, you know, if you're sore, you got to get, you know, bloody Mary, they make great, Cutting Larry's and um, telling us when we went to uh, the last day when we went to the sheep ranch. You know, I mean how how many good things did she have to say about the pastrami sandwich? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's all that lady talked about for 15 minutes was pastrami sandwiches and the wildlife that she would see driving along. I mean, we got her three or four times. She was she was crazy. Yeah. Talking she was on that in Yeah. How she couldn't drive the speed limit and. Yeah, she was she was ready to go. Um, But everybody I mean, even when we took our clubs over, you know, to like send them back home. I mean, we come rolling up there. You know, I can barely walk. I'm trying to carry this thing across the parking lot. You know, it's running over people. And he's like, hey, let me get that for you. I was like, oh, thank God. You know, yeah, I don't care what you do with it. Just get rid of it. I can't I can't carry it anymore. Um, Everybody was just over the top. Nice. You know, who over the top.
0: You know, who didn't pass the vibe check? who was like a cranky old sailor out there to get me off that vibe the crows that's a, yeah, they were and, and if you're going out yeah. there know that that's a real thing like up in the mountains here in Appalachia there's a couple yeah. of horses that you go to that they'll they'll tell you at the turn if you buy some <laughs> snacks at the turn like hey don't leave that sitting on your seat a, a crow may grab that and, and fly off or whatever mm-hmm. I sat at Charlotte's and watched a crow unzip a pocket of a bag to get in there to experiment. To see, oh, is there anything edible in there? It Smells good. It was incredible watching those guys. Um, yeah, they were. Uh, I know they're not on staff there, but they're part of the the ambiance, I guess. But like, they, if you're headed out to abandoned dunes, keep your wallet in your pocket and keep your keep an eye on your bag. Some people had apparently gone down to the range with just a club or two, or were, were on that big putting green there, and their bag was going to come up a little bit light. The crows, they they knew exactly what to do. It was. Incredible to see how well trained they had had become at uh, just being little thieves. The the art of the pickpocketry. It was it was pretty incredible. Um, hey Matt, I'm sorry, Dave. Hey Matt, um, what
1: course was it that we looked over? You and I were playing together, um, and that crow was like wing deep into your into your top of your bag. Like he had like and like put half of his body down into like where the clubs went
2: yeah I think that I don't remember if it was Pacific Dunes or Sheep Ranch or uh yeah it was one of those two man he was deep yeah no he was and he got John Mark a couple times John,
1: John Mark, Mark was, had like he had, that thing was a walking Samperton and Son truck right there
0: <laughs> so we had one member of our group that did not want to take a caddy for various and sundry reasons <laughs> And so he brought he didn't, and never mind, he didn't he didn't rent a, a push cart. He brought it across the country on the plane, uh, his his nice, I guess uh, click gear cart. and he had decked it out with all, I mean the the guys that the guys at the hot rod show got nothing on the way to accessorize a vehicle on John Mark. So he had like a shelf and a tray and a cooler like a roof rack like how do you put yes. a roof rack on a golf push cart man what there's, is-
2: there's no way he could possibly rent a cart cuz you can't do to a rented cart whatever the heck he did to his
0: right so he he became the he became the unofficial repository for all things uh mobile trash can uh mobile ice service cooler uh i think he had a couple of umbrellas that he didn't need um yeah that was that was interesting but yeah the, the crow so he had uh he was fertile soil for those for the the less virtuous wildlife among us out there um yeah you know it, it, as far the people were nice and great um I, I don't know that we've been anywhere you know sand valley tries but it just didn't scale up the way um because each course at Bandon Dunes has its own infrastructure. They all have they all have a, a pro shop. They all have a separate pro shop, except maybe trying to th- trying to think. I guess I guess Bandon Preserve shares one with Bandon Trails. Um but that's it. They all have they're putting in a new restaurant at Old McDonald, Pacific Grill right there at Pack Dunes. Um I, I tell you the other fun vibe Jack, the people watching at Bandon Dunes is different than it is at um some of the other courses. Cause you see a lot of tea boxes. You know, the the architecture of the courses get you out. I think they're designed to get you to the coast pretty efficiently, like get you into the dunes, get you away from the parking lot, get you out in nature and on the course pretty quickly. But you can see the first tea in the 18th green on a lot of these courses from kind of the restaurant, the bar. Um and The people watching at Pacific Dunes was just incredible. We got to see – and you met the man. Calvin, was that – I think you got to meet Calvin, Fred, uh, over tacos the next morning. uh, We'll just – correct me where I get this story wrong. But so we have played, and Matt has just played the round of his life. God bless him. As a 14 handicap, he posts a a 75 at Pac Dunes, and I was with him. Um, Just round of his life. Yes, very good. Went right back to shooting 88 the next – day. It uh, might have shot eighty-eight on Band Preserve. I'm not sure. Um, but as we're kind of we're in the afterglow uh, of that, we see this group on the tee box getting ready to go out for their their day at Pack Dunes. Um, beautiful course, lovely experience. The wind was up, and we look over, and guys are kind of chuckling. And we look over, and these guys are in really bright clothes. There's six of them. Like a six of them is kind of odd. You expect it to be a full T- sheet, and all of a sudden. There's a guy doing push-ups on the tee box. I've seen a lot of things. I've played with some very superstitious people. I've played with some some kind of semi-stitious people. I've never seen anyone doing yoga poses, push-ups, like tree pose, cat-cow on the first tee. And wearing like silks, like decked out, not in not in just like bright, dunning, golf clothing no no these are this was apparel right like this he stole this from a jockey
2: that blue and white one was a hundred percent stolen from
0: like that that might have been cool more stud like it was it had (laughs) it 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 was that that was sponsored or that was owned by somebody but so we're watching and there's these these three guys so they're doing kind of the the golf bro olympics on the t-box and we're like there these guys either better be like plus two handicaps or they're going to be awful, and there's an there's a fleet of old men behind them. You know, th- these are all walking courses, and all of a sudden, two golf carts pull up to the next tee. So you know, like these are some old dudes that are they're broken up and they're they're probably not happy. Just like we found the two grumpy guys. That's they were right. the two, there you go. They were the two guys, and you know why they are grumpy because I overheard if you get a cart at Bandon Dunes, an employee has to drive you around. So they were going to be chauffeured you don't you don't you just you just don't want Elmer from Denver just kind of driving all willy-nilly all over those courses it's going to end badly right <laughs> so or these the so our, our colorful friends our yoga our yogis uh they get up and then they so they've done all their calisthenics and then they start swinging the club and they're like <laughs> oh that is a homemade swing that is not a <laughs> That is not a plus two swing. <laughs> and The wonderful thing about the restaurants at Band Dunes, I think, I think it's a wind thing, but it may be a noise thing. They all have glass vertical glass panels, like on their outdoor patio to separate uh, the onlookers from the zoo animals. Like they don't want people getting, I guess, liquored up and disturbing the peace, or they just don't want stuff blowing off the tables um, either way. So we've got this little kind of sound device. So the first guy takes a swing and he, there's a dune. What about 150 yards off the tee box to the right? Kind of frames the hole, and he does not get it to the dune, and it's up there to the right somewhere. And we all just all at once, audibly guffaw, just all went, "Oh, I don't,
2: I don't care what plexiglass they put up. There's a no way they did not hear us <laughs> because B." We turned immediately into like a Jerry Springer audience all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was it was embarrassingly comical.
0: Jerry Springer audience. That's so perfect.
2: Uh, that's what it was. I mean, it was and it was instant that he finishes that swing. I'd say he followed through, but I don't know that that actually happened. <laughs> and and uh, you know, yeah, it was just from the and it was all of us to a man, all eight. Matt, yep. it was
1: it was so loud that we offended his parents. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there's no way that his distant family didn't hear us. I mean,
0: there were people, <laughs> there and there were, were people
1: that were having dinner out there with us. They <laughs> so were like, well, "What's going on over there?" we like, "Done."
0: And that was just the first guy. And then these other yeah. two guys. One one guy hits one like so far left, might. He might have found that one, but I doubt it from the way he reacted. But it was, again, another homespun, not what you would teach golf swing. And the third guy was just completely inept. Like, he spent all his flexibility getting up and down off the dirt. And so Elmer and Doug, who are are waiting for the next tee time with their carts, they see this. And one guy gets out of the cart, and he's pacing. Like, we know, we know this is just going to go so poorly. So the, the guys, the colorful guys hit two off the tee, each one of them. And immediately the old men are looking at their watches. They're like smoking an extra cigarette, getting real fidgety because we're like, they're going to play through these guys on the first hole. It was a a distinct possibility.
2: Or they get off the tee. They're like, actually, can we just go?
0: Can you imagine you you pay $300 for a round on one of the nicest courses in the world? And you're up there between Larry Curley and Mo (laughs) out there. Can't get off the tee box, taking, you know, five practice swings. Literally, and,
2: and don't get me wrong. Like, trust me, we hit plenty of wayward shots. I'm not trying to, to make us out to be any kind of golf snob that, that you know, says you got to be a certain thing to be allowed to play out there. But if you're going to get down into downward dog before you get up there, you damn well better be able to find
0: something close to a fairway. It was just the the judgment was swift. And unanimous (laughs) that all of us just at once, it was, it was that, Oh Oh. God, (laughs) just, and we knew exactly what each other meant. So that was part of that was that kind of levity abandoned dunes gives rise to that kind of thing because everyone's there for golf and your jokes are golf jokes and they're, they're, you know, your travel bumble related, but it was, um, that was just one episode of countless uh, that went in the memory bank. Um, you know, we've talked about some of the restaurants. We mainly ate pub food. We we did something fancy for a change. And it'd be interested in your guys' thoughts on this, we did one sit-down dinner, uh, which is something we had not done as a group on previous golf trips, save for Scotland, you know, it was just the three of us. But getting eight guys together for, you know, a proper meal, they did drinks and appetizers and, you know, it ended up being a two-hour affair. And- you know, for us, the reality of that was, and I've I've thought about this a lot. We've got one member that's a, a he loves the card game. He kind of comes for quote unquote the card game every year. But we really just replaced that at the dinner table this year, recounting the round, laughing about things. And it wasn't just the fancy dinner at at, at the pub. You know, what we were eating was did not guide our decorum uh, or the conversation. That's where we laughed. That's where we reflected. Which in years past had been around a a table with pizza on it and, or around the poker table. But um, you know, I felt like we didn't get cheated of that, even though we didn't have a common area for our lodging, like you would, if you rented a house or uh, one of the cabins or something there, we held our communion each night. And I, I didn't feel like we got cheated out of it. Now you don't gamble on, we don't play credit card roulette. I saw some of that. That's, that's not us um, for the bill, but uh, other than that gambling Jones that, that Clay needed to get fixed, I thought that the kind of the setup allowed us to have that experience where we even as a big group, we could could have the fellowship and the camaraderie. I don't know. It was different. So I don't know if it, it passed for you guys, but uh, I'd be interested in your thoughts. Fred. Uh, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, I, so I think that the, it worked out very well. Um with the dinners and, and like you said, the, the coming together at, you know, like the, you know um, the dinner table, we'll call it um, in this situation, because of the uh, because of the, the no carts, right. It, you know, we're out there, we're walking. Um, that's going to, that's going to shorten that that evening time a little bit on its own. Right. So, I mean, I think everybody, you know, was tired at the end of the day. Um, when we got to go there, we got to sit down. I mean, we were, we were probably pretty loud a couple different times, you know, everybody busting up and laughing and, you know, making fun of somebody else and asking about the food. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's fun to, to, to be around everybody when we're playing poker and I, you know, you know, Clay loves that. I understand that, but that wasn't going to happen a lot on this trip. Um, just because we kind of learned that lesson from sand valley you know when we get back home everybody would break up and you know head back and and start to recoup for the next day um the the big sit-down dinner the two-hour dinner that was really that was really nice i had a very good time doing that um you know we the, the the table was long and narrow but that didn't that didn't cut down the conversation i was still talking to chad who was at the opposite end of the table um you know we're all kind of talking about the rounds, talking about, you know, Matt's round that he had earlier and, um, you know, some of the shots we've seen some of the holes. Um, I really enjoyed. it. I thought it played out very well. I thought the, the restaurants at the, um, at the different courses was, were, was very nice. I I think we got to eat at most of those. Um, we may not have done it for trails. I don't think we ate anything over there. Right. That was the last course we played, but, um, um, I I like the atmosphere, you know, we, uh, we had that little corner table. Um, it wasn't overly crowded because there's so many places to eat. Um, uh, good vibe. I really enjoyed it. I thought it, it, um, it didn't, I don't think it takes place of the, of the poker probably for everybody, but I think it was a great substitute. And in this kind of environment that we had with, uh, with the exhaustion sneaking up on folks.
2: Matt. Yeah, I think <clears throat> not surprisingly, Bandon does a wonderful job of giving folks enough options so that whatever your group is, there's a place for you there. And, you know, Pacific Grill, where we ate, um, it, it was wonderful. It was, you know, it, the food was very good. Um, I don't think we're a two hour meal kind of group. It was nice for us to do once, but then that next night we were we had reservations at the Forge and we were like, you know what, let's just keep it short, go to McKee's again. And, you know, there's some stuff on the menu we hadn't tried yet. So <laughs> um, I think that's, you know, whatever your group is, Bandon's got something for you. Because clearly that group that sat at the other table, you know, next to us at Pacific, that was their kind of place. Um, and so that's great for them. That was, you know, that was right in their wheelhouse. For us, it was, you know, most nights it's gonna be all right, you know, let's eat, it's fun. Um, love, you know, busting up with the guys, let's get some good grub, and then let's go back and fi- you know, figure out the gambling and or play cards or whatever. Um, but that was my takeaway from the food there at at Bandon for the most part was. Whatever you want, whatever works for your group, Bandon's got it, and, and it's pretty easy to find. Yeah.
0: And the, the damnable part of it is that they will let you put all of it on your room. So yeah. you on yeah. honest yeah. to God, until it's too late, you have no yep. idea what you've really spent, um, which is utterly convenient, and it's a great business model. Oh sure. Uh, like yeah, no sure, don't we'll, we'll, don't worry, we'll charge you later for this. <laughs> um like that I I I didn't do it much. Like I I dipped into my pocket just so I could kind of I'm just that kind of guy, but it was um and you know it, that it shares that with Pinehurst is that it, it caters um you can find a five-star luxury experience there if that is what you want. You can find it in the food, in the lodging, in accommodation um you know having caddies because the golf is world class you know both places the golf really is world class um and I mentioned that I only mentioned Pinehurst because I know kind of in the golf business world they've self-identified as one-to-one competitors Pinehurst is worried about um you know that high-end luxury experience that is being recreated you know uh, abandoned baguette sand Valley and Cape Breton links baguette Cape Breton, Scotland. And now uh, they're redoing pine Barrens down North of Tampa. um You know, that stream song, you know, so there's this, they, they have seen this kind of encroachment, but really I think the abandoned resort, because it has the six courses is really the only one-to-one with Pinehurst. And it's now 10 courses, uh, with the 10th coming online soon. So, it's just you can find you can do it kind of not on the cheap because they're not inexpensive on a nominal level but you can make decisions that can keep it kind of reasonable you can carry your own bag just pay for golf eat cheaply uh, you can stay off property um you know we we availed ourselves of the we have fallen in love with the model of park the car and don't get in it until it's time to leave you know that that's us. Now, John Mark says Bandon is a cute, charming town, and we ought to stay there uh, next time. I don't know. I like walking to a lot of stuff. That was being able to walk to the beach one morning was really nice uh, without waking anybody up. Um, but or you can find kind of all those different trip levels um, there at Bandon, which is it's tough to find experiences that are that versatile. Really, I think um, where it can cater to a bunch of different people. Uh, just a couple other one to get some thoughts, you know, the, they, they say the gorse is different there. I saw a lot of familiar golf holes because we've played these architects now several times with the exception of Tom Doak. I don't know that I'd played a, a Doak course, but I played some core Crenshaw stuff. We played David McClay kid did the castle course, you know, dormy club, uh, Kapalua. If you've been out there, um, you know, there were familiar elements. Some stuff looked like kind of Pete Dye. um, but the land it wasn't as harsh as sand valley like it didn't i didn't feel my legs were beat up at the same way is a different sand a different soil um maybe it was the dampness you know there's no dampness in Wisconsin in the summer um and it wasn't it wasn't quite the scottish experience either it was it was something that was its own i thought you know it didn't the look of it didn't remind me of anything matt any thoughts on the kind of the The scenery of the abandoned. I think it's pretty.
2: I mean, look, you, uh, you know, that is that is a piece of property that is unique on the planet. I feel like, Um, and you said, you know, it it doesn't it doesn't look like anything, and yet it looks like everything you've seen. Like you said, there's there's elements here, elements there. Um, They take wonderful elements that you've seen other places and they drop them into, you know, this picturesque spot that as Fred had said, I'm going to steal this from him, you can't imagine it being anything other than a golf course. Now that it's a golf course, how on earth could this land have existed as anything else? Um, and, and what you said about the Wisconsin summer versus the Oregon summer is a hundred percent, right? Clay and I, we're walking at i don't remember which morning it was and you know we're getting it, we're walking through a cloud right it's that that marine layer rolled in and it it's like we were getting hit in the face with just a little it's like standing in the middle of a mister fan yes where it's just yeah. you know that little little spray um and it was it was refreshing right like it just you you never got hot. It was never cold. I was never. I. You know, I'm short season is is you know April through November for me. Um, and if I put on pants, it's only because I had to. Um, so I was. He mean listeners. He players.
0: means long pants. He means things yes, that are nah, not yes, shorts. Yes, yes.
2: But I was I was bound and determined that I was going to play in shorts. But I had I had a you know I had thermals. I had I was prepared for the cold if it was going to be cold. And I used none of it, right? Um, so it was never cold, but it was never hot. There were a couple of times where the sun would come out, the wind would die down a little bit, and,
0: and you'd invariably cold. be walking uphill at those moments.
2: Always, always, every time. But even then, it wasn't it wasn't oppressive. And then that would go away five minutes later, and that right. breeze would kick back up, and you'd get a little mist. And it's it makes it so that you, you you, know yes the soil has a lot to do with it as to why sand valley beat me up so much more than than this did but i think i you know i come down where where clay was arguing that it, that temperature just you know you're playing at what is you know what you set your living room at all the time it's just eminently, you know forever comfortable out there um but you know the the setup is just I mean they do such a good job using the ocean where they have it um, and, and we'll touch on all the different courses later and so I, I won't get into all of it but even the stuff that's not on the ocean is picturesque. Um, you know it's just it's a little it's a little piece of heaven right there on on the Oregon coast and Like I said, to steal Fred's line, I can't imagine it being anything else.
0: Well said, Fred. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: I actually said that, too. um, We were walking down, I think it was the the fifth hole, possibly the fifth hole at, um, oh, man, I can't remember which one it is. Uh, abandoned dunes maybe uh that's like one of the first ones at the maybe the second hole that comes out of the water it's like a long Mm -hmm. par five i think um we were walking down there and i was i think i was playing with scott that day and um and i happened to say that to him and for the listeners or whatever you know scott's a golf course architect right
0: this is friend of the the podcast scott lafine he was on last season
1: yeah um and you know I just said that to him as we were walking out through there. He asked me what I had, what I thought, and I told him I was like, you know, like Matt said, I just, I can't imagine this being anything other than a golf course. And he's like, you know, as from a an architectural standpoint, he's like, that's what you want people to think. He's like, you, you don't want them to say, oh, you know, this used to. He's like, that's a really good comment. And I'm like, I mean, it's not just for one course either. It's for all of them. They all look like they've been there. And I wrote down a couple notes that to, to come off of what Matt was talking about. When he was talking about, and I, and I tried not to use this term because I was so sick of it listening to the U.S. Open, but the Marine layer or the whatever, um, Matt made mention of that. The first day was probably the worst when we played um, Old Mac, I swear on everything that's whole, I swear on the soggy carpet in my room that, um, I must've cleaned my glasses 58 times. I mean, every shot I'm like scrubbing those things off because I can't see out of them. Um, I should have like windexed them or like, you know, rain X them before I went out there because it was ridiculous. Um, and the, the one thing we were talking about, you know, we had seen the same hole, some of the similar holes and stuff like that. Um, so my two favorite courses that we played out there were the two that I scored the worst on. So imagine that, but like Pacific Dunes and and, and Bandon Trails, um, when you got, when you got over i'll say across the road i don't even know if that's the right thing to say but it's like hole three or four where you cross over that road on on abandoned trails yeah um and you start up through there i got a real strong like northern michigan vibe vibe out of that um it was kind of down in that little valley you had the trees all surrounding and that's the one course that you you didn't see the ocean on and i mean i can't it's amazing to me that that course is there and that course is that – to me it was that great and it does not even come close to, you know, showing you the ocean at any time. Um, I think that speaks volumes to that course. But it's almost like playing the courses there at Bandon, you kind of got all of the good stuff at where we've played before with not a lot of the bad. We talked about the turf was so much easier to kind of walk on and, um, you know, and especially sometimes down at, um, at, uh, Pinehurst, you know, those fairways are super tight, but they get a little firm, right? I mean, you don't have you can, that sand.
0: You could right? your wrist, your wrist and your elbows could take a beating down at yes. Pinehurst. You're, yeah. You know.
1: It's hard, right? I mean, if it's not, you can't take a little divot out of that without, you know, putting in some effort and taking in some, some. Absorbing some of that shock, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But I I remember thinking to myself, um, that the turf at in Oregon there, abandoned dunes, was like the best of everything. It was it was soft to walk on. It was tight. The lies were tight, but it it was soft almost. It um I I'm not saying that it played long. That you know the the fairways weren't wet. The greens weren't wet. I don't think I left a ball mark on a green all week maybe one or two Mm -hmm. um but i could take a divot like you could get down there you could go through the ball and it it was it felt soft and i mean i know that's not the right the, the right term but i think you guys know what i'm trying to get at you might be able to explain it better to me than i can but it was it was kind of the best of everything that we've had to this point it was the fairways were were firm um tight but they played very soft.
0: Yeah. There was no, I, I never got sore taking a divot taken. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you caught one thin, it's just because you messed up. It, it wasn't because you were afraid to have turf interaction. Um, it was a different sand. It's a different sand. It's a different sand mix being up there on top of that bluff. But um, yeah, it, it was, I think that, that's an interesting observation that it was really kind of the best of what we'd look for, of what we've experienced Without a lot of the the downside, um, let me ask you this: If when we go back, will you take caddies for all the rounds again, or would you want to? Do you think you could, or would it would want to carry or push a bag around there?
1: Um, I think uh, um, I think I could. Um, I don't think I want to. Okay. Um, I think I would. I think I would go with caddy again. I we've had caddies what three times now, this is the third time the three of us have had caddies so Scotland, yeah. um, um, uh, sand Valley in, in this time. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed, uh, the caddy experience this time. I have it. I haven't had a bad experience, but this was probably my best one. Um, I, I thought, I thought the caddy that I had, and I was fortunate to have them, uh, every round. Um, and, um, I really enjoyed it. And I think that a good caddy makes a, a good experience. Great.
0: Um, that's called, that's you know, called the Fred privilege.
1: That's right. I had to rock, paper, scissor for it though, man,
0: <laughs> Matt, what about you? You know, if it, if it were 20 degrees cooler, if we we're there in April and it, the rent, you know, uh, our caddies in the pro told me in one of the pro shops that they have not had significant rain since May. So mm-hmm. we're there. Like it's, it's a shower. For six, eight months of the year, and then the water just turns off. The wind changes and that's it. They're done until rainy season comes back in, I don't know, October, maybe November, maybe later. Um, but you know, the the caddy, a value, you know, not inexpensive, but a value add proposition. Would you would you redo it? Would you get would you dig your heels in and get stubborn and and think you can carry there?
2: So I'm super cheap as everybody who's who's listened to these uh American series podcasts would, would be able to tell you I would probably go caddy every round again. Um, from a from a playing standpoint um, I don't put as much thought into anything out there as some of the other guys we play with do. So from a from a playing standpoint, I probably get more score benefit from a caddy than a lot of other guys because i can turn my brain off he says hit it here okay i hit it there um so from that standpoint it adds a lot of value to me some guys might not get out as much um from a walking standpoint you know it it didn't it didn't beat me up nearly as much as i thought it was going to um i was tired don't get me wrong i was the first night I was walking like I'd just ridden a horse for five hours, um, but overall I expected it to beat to to beat me up a little more than it did. With that said, I certainly wouldn't want to walk trails pushing something or carrying something. That would be a tough walk.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think John Mark took a beating that day.
2: Pacific Dunes, Bandon Dunes. I probably wouldn't want to carry there um for actually fred and i did and clay did have to kind of carry a little bit because they were one caddy short and so we we (laughs) rotated which of the which of the three of us had to carry on any given hole so i did carry a little bit there um but i would i would not be wild about that old mac and sheep ranch are short enough and sort of condensed enough that I think if, if I was going to do it, that's where I would do it. Um, but I don't know. It's one of those things. Maybe it's just me getting older and my, my old curmudgeonliness is, is edging out my cheapness, but I probably would just say, you know what, let's, let's have somebody carry and I'll walk along and,
0: you know, feel better about myself. But those two together with, compound interest and you got the three strongest forces in the universe, ladies and gentlemen. Um That's right. we'll circle back, we'll get off vibe and and close with a little bit of golf. Um the one place we didn't have caddies, uh the one place I had as much fun as any place else and and I always do because I, I think I like the the creativity required in these types of places. We played the Band and Preserve which is the 13 hole par three course. Short course. It's not some of the holes were you could almost call pitch and putt, but I think maybe, I don't know, maybe six iron was the longest club I hit. It might not have even been that long. Um, I think I, I've messaged you two privately about this. I think it's the most severe and the hardest walk because you are covering all of the ground that you would cover from any of those courses. So you're playing up from a clubhouse or down, you know, vertically, you're getting oh, all that movement it. now yeah but you're getting it in such a smaller footprint you're getting it in you know 2000 yards of walking rather than you know 7000 yards so um some guys were kind of do- their dogs were barking pretty good at the end of that i think and it, it well well deserved but i thought that was a tremendous experience we used that as our quote unquote light day we played pacific dunes and then um uh the preserve which was kind of our our light day, not a full 36 trudge. Um, I thought the the green complexes were fun. I thought the the look of the shots were cool. Um, There's a little bit of needing a helmet like you did have to kind of keep your head on a swivel for the ways the routing was. We had some guys take some uh, nothing on purpose, but they had they airmailed not just one but two greens as it turned out um, firing shots down the hill. But for the most part, uh, there were a couple of holes that you could use putter on and we did on the the last one that's kind of a famous shot uh if there's a front pin position you you put the ball down the hill and you get to try to get it pretty close so uh, as compared to other short courses that we've played uh you know the cradle for me is the gold standard for uh par 3 course uh, that irregular um uh, now it's 9 holes but um or, or is it 10 holes I think it's 9 holes um you know they they have the the sandbox out at at Sand Valley, which the hill I will die on is that the sandbox as a putting course is superior to the sandbox as a a uh, par three course. Um, John Mark and I did that, and I, I that is my battle to wage. Um, I'm trying to think of other significant ones. Um, shorties in Indianapolis, God bless you. Uh, shirt optional type joint that really wasn't that that doesn't quite measure up off the AstroTurf um i guess that's really if i'm leaving anything out let me know but i thought band and preserve was really well done there was enough it was one of those places where there were blind shots where you kind of just had to pick a spot on the hill or pick a you could see the flag stick but not the green it's kind of a hit and hope and then there were others where you could see the ball they they had big aggressive movements on the greens and so the hole didn't really begin until the ball got on the ground which is that's what i love that's being able to see the ball on the ground kind of roll around and have it seen the alternate theories play out of how to get the ball close um i I like that as much as anything on a golf course so i'll shut up and get get your thoughts let you let you close us out on that so i i
2: spent part of this podcast earlier stealing from fred and now i'm going to steal from john mark i apparently have no original ideas of my own but i hang out with people who uh who are apparently prolific thinkers um john mark said it absolutely right the cradle may have ruined him on other short courses and i think there's something to that um this is not like the cradle um it certainly has its own merits. Um, one of the things that I, I liked about this particular short course is that there was probably 70 yards worth of different tees boxes to hit from. So you could, if you wanted to play it as a whole bunch of 60 to 70 yard shots, that was out there for you. If you wanted to play it at 175 yards into the wind, that was also out there. Um what that does mean, though, is frankly, you might as well just bring your whole bag. Um, you know, there are unless you're planning on playing it from up front. If you do what we did, which is something they recommended, which is whoever wins the last hole picks the next tee box. So you might have a 70 yard shot, or you might have a 175 yard shot. Um, you're gonna need to. You're not just bringing out a couple of wedges and a putter to this thing, um, especially with the wind, which somehow. We were into the wind on 12 of the 13 holes. I don't really know how that happened. Every time we were swinging, it was into the wind. But um, it did give you a ton of variety. Uh, You're absolutely right. I thought it was the toughest walk out there. Um, It was, you know, every hole was up and down. I would have liked to see more greens that had a better view of what was going on once the ball landed. The cradle does a better job of that. They've got, you know, a couple of holes that you can't really see once you hit it up onto the green. But I thought Bannon Preserve had more, not blind shots. You knew where the green was. You knew where the stick was. But you hit the ball, it lands, and you have no idea if it rolled left or right or back or stopped or um, if you hit it back on a shelf, did it come back off there? You, you don't know um i would have liked to see fewer of those um look it's a, it's a fun it's a fun thing to do um it much like the punch bowl was not packed at least when we were out there and you know we had seen it while playing band of dunes the afternoon before and there were some people out there but it wasn't packed the cradle at this point is jammed um this you know, there were a few groups out there at most. Any time that I saw it, maybe I just wasn't seeing it at the right time. Um, but you know, so it, it's not you know, it's not jam packed. Um, it's a it's a fun thing to do. I don't know about the pricing structure because you know, and Dave, you can speak to that. Maybe you. I don't remember what it was at that point. I was just handing credit cards to people for you know for two weeks leading up to that. So or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it was the same discounted setup that the cradle is either. Um, I think once you add it on to other rounds, it gets cheaper. But um, all in all, you know, is it a fun thing to do? Yes. Am I going to go out of my way to do it again there? <sighs> I don't know.
1: Um, I am, uh I am pretty close to Matt's. Matt's take, but probably a little harsher. Um, I thought it was by far the hardest walk with, I mean, not, not even in the same, not even in the same conversation. Um, I, I think that I would, for those that are going out there, let me start with this people that are going out there. I would say that if you're able to do it, I would, I would work it out either where my flight got there way earlier than ours did, or I'm getting there a day early or staying another day or whatever else. And I would do, I would do the preserve, um, you know, and then I would probably go to the punch bowl, make it a day, just chill out, relax. Um, I don't think, well, I know that if I would go back, I probably would not play it again. It was, a, it was beautiful. It was laid out. Great. The holes were, 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 were nice. We're, we're good. Um, but I think that to put in the amount of, I'm going to say effort, you know, cause at this, t- at this point, you know, I think I'm the only overweight person in all of Oregon cause I didn't see anybody else that was overweight. Um, but I would I would say I would have been better off, you know, saving that effort that I put into the dismal display of golf that I put in at the preserve for the next day. Um, would I have regretted not playing it? Yes, probably. But seeing it now, I don't think I would need to go back and play it again.
0: It's got, you know, if it's going to be compared to the cradle, which I, I mentioned, it, it, that is our gold standard. Right. Um, it's got a couple of things working against it. One, the cradle being on 10 acres, there's only there's there's only two shelves. Like there's, you know, you walk up to the refreshment to the bar, and you kind of walk back. You traverse up and down that hill a couple of times, but you can standing on any hole on the cradle, you can see what's happening on four or five of the nine holes at any given moment. The the dunes scape nature of and preserve isolates those holes you know you've got that that's kind of the charm of it it's a scottish irish So you don't know what's over that next tune next hill what's around that dune um what's that what's hiding over there and so it's much more broken up so there's less of a a party atmosphere for sure i think it's much closer to Kind of what you're saying, Matt. You can play it very seriously from the back tees, or you can move all the way up and do, which is a lot closer to the cradle experience. You know, it's just you have all of that extra real estate, whether you want it there, whether you play off those tees or not. The cradle, you're playing from uh, mats or, or designated tee areas um, that are pretty close. And two, the price point is fair. You know, the cradle is—I don't know if it's a lost leader at this point, but they could charge at fifty dollars. Around, they could charge significantly more and still probably keep that, um, probably keep that full. Whereas band and Preserve, yeah, it's a discount from the bigger courses, but I think it's still, you know, replay rate of 125 or something like that, or 100 bucks. Um, is it twice the experience of the sand sandbox or the cradle? No, no. I, I enjoyed the shots. I enjoyed the creativity that it invited. Um, I thought we played a fun game. You know, we changed it up. We didn't keep score. We just played closest to the pin and longest putt made. So that that changed the dynamic. It wasn't a. It wasn't meant to be a competitive round. It was meant, you know, kind of a hit and giggle plus maybe. Um, I thought it was was well done. Um, they're building another one. Um, you know, the the guy that the uh, the pro or the starter at um Bandon trails said he's the only guy on on these 900 acres that wishes they had weren't building another short course wishes they would go ahead and build uh, a regulation link course so um shorties will be the name of that so what becomes of it who knows but it's interesting you know It it's for as nirvana shangri-la-esque as the bandon experience um you know you guys poke some holes in that that myth you, you, you just got you grabbed it by the shirt collar and said now listen here You could do better. I thought that was interesting Um, because not a lot of that came out on the trip. Uh, Some quiet reflection uh, gave you guys a little bit of perspective. Hey, thanks for stopping by for this episode of the Blind Shots podcast. Any time spent reminiscing about a place like Bandon Dunes Resort is time well spent. It's one of those places, much like the courses in Scotland, where I immediately wanted to turn around and take another crack at playing them, though I have no idea when I'll have occasion to return, sadly. If you want to elevate your Blind Shots podcast experience, head over to the One Bearded Golfer channel on YouTube to catch a fun snippet or two of the show. This is going to be a season-long project trying to master the technical points of extracting video from a Zoom call in a usable, postable format. Honestly, if it's anything short of a total abject disaster, maybe I'll even upgrade my camera at some point to present you all with some truly horrific images to keep you up at night. Uh, Most importantly, I hope you enjoyed what you heard here today. If you didn't enjoy this episode, I'm sorry, but I don't know why you were really expecting anything different at this point. Free advice remains free. Sit up straight and remember to drink lots of water. Good posture and good hydration are the foundations of being a good citizen. And as always... When you have the choice, do decide to go for it and take dead aim.
2: Ship sticking it for yeah.
1: Sure. yeah, I'm shipping mine too. It's just not
2: yeah. so much easier traveling.
1: You know, well, not- and this is
2: you know, Bandon's got a, like they are in set up with shipsticks. They've right. got their own forms. They've got you know, this is not a hey hotel. Can you stick this in the? <laughs> In the back closet for like five days before we get there.
0: Underrated part of the trip. They said it would take eight days to get to Scotland. I got there in two. Right. <laughs> oh, you remember? Yeah.
2: Remember
1: what that lady said? She's like, "Oh, these are yours. They've been here for a week. So they were like in this little with like the with like the extra pop that went into the machines.
2: Right. We've been walking around them for six days.
1: And then how about how about the three of us like getting on like golf apparel? It's right in the hallway. We had, like, the whole hallway talking <laughs> to people that. walking around us. We are like, oh, we got to get on a train and go to somewhere else. Little did we know it was a bus, but anyway... <laughs> Oh, yeah. People are walking by. How are you? I'm I forgot I'm, about what, changing
2: in the hallway.
1: <laughs> putting my pants on. They're like, hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm
0: great. We're going to do it in the downstairs bathroom. But I, I, one of you like just ruined the bathroom. Like, We can't go back in there. <laughs> yeah, <was> <laughs> it's to It was a long flight, Dave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> it's like...